Welcome to the Marketing Chief Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Collins. Before we get started, if you'd like to watch this podcast and not just listen to it, head over to our website at marketingchiefpodcast.com and click on the Episodes tab or search for Marketing Chief Podcast on YouTube. My aim with the podcast is to invite guests on who can tell us about their marketing journey, share some of their successes and some of their failures, and hopefully give us some nuggets along the way that will help make us better marketers. Many of these individuals are people that I've interacted with somewhere in my 30 plus year career in retail, media, and entertainment marketing. I hope that they will inspire you, they will challenge you, and they will entertain you. And certainly our first guest, Anthony Diaz, the Chief Executive Officer and the Chief Marketing Officer at Sixth Man checks all of those boxes. Anthony, so glad to have you here on our very first podcast, welcome. No, thanks so much for having me. It's, it's great seeing you. Congratulations on what you built with the podcast. Thanks. Thanks very much. So tell us a little bit for those who don't know about Six Man and what you guys are all about. Yeah. So Six Man's, uh, we entered our 20th year here in 2021. Wow. Um, so, you know, we're not even drinking age as a company. <laughs> we act like it. Uh, but no, we, we are in this very unique niche of hospitality and, and vacation meets music and immersive events. We take fans and bands together on vacation. Um, mostly on cruise ships, but uh, we've expanded into all-inclusive resorts. And I say fans and bands, but it's also expanded outside of that where music has been our core, but we've expanded into sports, film, Broadway, comedy, uh, anywhere where there's a passionate group of in individuals, they seem to really enjoy coming together in a vacation setting. So. And you've really gone from fans and, brand, fans and bands to fans and brands. Is that we have, uh, you know, in fact, uh, we've had the opportunity for many years with uh, the Turner Classic Mo Movies Cruise, which is a brand that was brought to life at sea. And, and we've been able to do that with others. The Walking Dead is an example of a, a, a cruise we did for over five years, taking uh, all the zombies and everything around that <laughs> out to sea. So it's, it, it's translated to um, passion around a brand, passion around a band, sports, comedy. It's... Uh, you know, we really thought we were in the concert on a ship business 20 years ago. And then that evolved into maybe we're a bit more in the hospitality business. Uh, we learned the hard way that people's expectations for their vacation are really high. Not that, you know, not that your expectations on going to see your favorite band in your hometown aren't high, but it's just a different um, expectation when you're setting aside your vacation days, your hard earned money, and it's a, it's a big, much bigger investment. It is of your time and your money. And, and we're a premium experience. So we really realized, you know, the vacation piece is something that we take very seriously. And then it kind of evolved way more now in our 20th year that it's, it's about building or strengthening communities. Um, communities around sport, music, Broadway, comedy, Walking Dead. Um, and that's really helped us have a lens on how we invite people to sail with us in our marketing and, and even though you've expanded, you're still, I believe, correct me here, the largest producer of music cruises in the world. We are, you know, and that's, um, that's insane. It, it's, it's been an adventure, you know, pre-COVID, we were on just a really exciting growth path. We had done 19 events in 2019. We added Europe that year. We added resorts that year. We started to build a services division. Um, and it was really starting to, to catch the kind of... Uh, momentum that we knew was there. Most people, and they talk about a marketing problem, most people have no idea 
that you can go on vacation with your heroes. It's just not that well known. Um, so that's always been something we've struggled with. And uh, I think the benefit of navigating COVID the past year is there's this massive, I think, pent up demand for people who want to just get back out there and get back on vacation when the time's right. So I, I see it all coming back. And it was just this past year as an opportunity for us to step back, regroup and um, get ready for what's ahead. Well, you, you, you've hit on something which is pretty interesting when you talk about vacationing with your heroes. I think one of the things that you guys have done really well and put a lot of time and effort into is, is breaking down that barrier, breaking down those walls. And I, I remember, I think on the first music cruise I went with you, which was, was Rombello, if you remember Rombello, you know, I'm side to side with, with Michael Franti. And then you create these events where you allow the artist to really connect with the guests. And I remember one session where it was a smaller group and he's, he's taking us through writing a song and we write a song about Rombello. And by the way, I have no idea how you guys came up with that name, but, but uh, we, we write a song about that. And then, and this was a number of years ago when uh, he wasn't my hero at the time, I was just introduced to him, but now he's, he's going to be touring with Kenny Chesney. So <laughs> I got to, I got the inside of him a little bit as far as kind of how he thinks and how he processes things. And that's something you as a company have really done is to, is to take those walls down so that fans really connect with the artists. And I think I've, I've talked to you before about this, where the artists really like that as well. They do. I, I think part of that um, just lack of awareness of these types of experiences, if I do bump into somebody that says, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. That's they play a couple of concerts on the ship. Right. And it's it is so much more than that. Um, I'll use an example. We, we had the chance to do two cruises with John Bon Jovi in 2019. Oh, my goodness. And it was really cool to see an artist of that stature want to lean into engaging his fans. So on, on just those two cruises, John did a full electric set on the pool deck. And then the next day did an acoustic storyteller set where fans got to ask questions directly to him and hear songs in a manner that you would never hear. I mean, first off, you'd never see John Bon Jovi in a 2,500 person venue. Ever. Uh, you know, Ever. they always play 30,000 plus. But then on top of that, we wove in a museum of all of his artifacts for the years, jackets, song lyrics, you know, everything throughout the ship. He's got a charity kitchen, a, uh, a restaurant in, in the Northeast called the Soul Kitchen. So we converted one of our restaurants to the Soul Kitchen where you could spend a little upcharge and the money goes to his charity. And it had the branding, it had the general manager of the Soul Kitchen there. Um, we did panels with his photographer, his security, his studio tech. So even when you weren't with John, and you did, you got a photo with him too, you were getting to really dive into his world. His merch store was there. His jeans were on display that he sells. Like it was a floating immersive experience of John Bon Jovi. So if you love John Bon Jovi, it was something that really doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. And that's what, as you talk about tearing down the worlds between fans, tearing down the walls between fans and bands is, is I think what, has earned us a really high retention. We've got about a 60% guest retention. That's amazing, especially for a premium vacation. It is. I mean, we, we really started, you know, I know that this is the marketing chief conversation, uh, conversation. It's we built the business on blow our, take such good care of our team so that they take such good care of our guests so that the guests come back and bring their friends and family. And we just earned this really high retention and referral 
Um, and that did get us so far, but when we were doing three or four events in a year, but now that we're back into this 18, 19 events in a year, we've really had to be more strategic about our marketing team structure and the partners um, because we just have that much more uh, inventory now out there to bring to the world. Well, let's talk about how did, how did you get into this world? I see guitars behind you. I, I know that you're a drummer. So how did you get into this world of, of bands and cruises and, and really curated vacation experiences? Yeah, you know, I, I've got to be one of the luckiest people who will ever come on your podcast because I, you know, the cheesy cliche of living the dream. Um, I grew up with two interests. Uh, I started playing drums at age 10. I was in, I was playing live on Thursday nights in Ybor City in Tampa, Florida, where I was born by 12. Like I just, <laughs> I, I got into it quick and I loved it. I loved it. Um, but I was raised in a family. Um, my father had an advertising agency. And I soaked it up. I mean, they they would have called it interning now, but I was there whenever I could, even in high school. So I'd hang out with the creative department, the account department, the media department. I've just been raised with this DNA of advertising, marketing, and music. So to fast forward how I ended up here, I was in a band in college at the University of Florida. Me and my best friend, super talented guy named Andy Levine, um, were in a band in college. He would book the shows and I would market them, which... Marketing back then was flyers, but we were pretty savvy. Our marketing was a little experiential. We would do acoustic shows at sororities during their dinner, right? So what better is, 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 is this to promote the band or promote your social life? Well, here's how it plays out, right? You, you, you say, hey, we're playing at this bar this weekend. Here's a couple of songs. We want to invite the sorority. Well, you know, the girls come and the guys come. It was good for everybody. And uh, that was our, our, our guerrilla marketing back in 1990. Um, but the band did really well. We toured and, and he would book it. I would market it. We just had a blast working together. We really believed in fan first, even before we knew what that meant. And, uh, so long story short, I end up saying, I want to pursue, pursue a career, keep music in my life. And I got into radio and Andy started, our band broke up. A couple of the other guys wanted to continue playing. They broke up, formed a band called Sister Hazel, which came out of Gainesville. Yeah, I, I think I've heard of them. Yeah. People know them. They're still out there today. Great guys, great, great career. And Andy managed Sister Hazel. So um, he was really smart and took 400 Sister Hazel fans on a carnival cruise ship in 2001. And, and, and instead of going on a beach weekend, he really was trying to thank the street teams who had been really looking after the band. And he created this concept with Sister Hazel. They did a large group that first year. The second year, he had the guts to charter a whole ship where you take the ship just for yourself. A bunch of Sister Hazel um, bands that they were all friends with. And the light bulb went off. Like They were grinding it to get somebody to pay $9 to buy the CD in, in 2001. But they paid 900 to go on vacation with the band. You know? And so... Long story short, that was in 2001. My career in media just really went off. I ended up having a 13-year career with the Gannett Company. Um, I ended up leading 22 of their television stations in the sales, advertising, and marketing teams. But along the way, Andy and I always stayed close. We shared how we were leading teams and growing people and, and just always really got along. So when we were turning 40, he had just signed the band Kiss. And, uh, you know, I grew up in the Kiss Army as a kid. I, you know, right here at my desk, I still got... Gene Simmons picks that he throws out on the on the cruise. Love it, love it, love it. Um, and, he, and, and he said, I just signed Kiss. We're both turning 40. 
would you join me in this crazy adventure? And uh, I thought, you know, when am I ever going to get to go back to fans, bands, marketing, building and leading teams? And I sure. took the leap nine years ago and um, I've never looked back. It's been this, the, really the best decision I've made professionally and personally. So. Well, that's great. That, what, what a great journey. I mean, again, time and place, but also, you know, having that exposure from your dad and, and being able to kind of think that way as a marketer. You've talked a couple of times about leading teams and culture. You talked about how at Sixth Man, you guys have really made your employees priority, which then translates to your guests. And you call your employees things like ninjas and war and warriors. Talk to me about the culture of Sixth Man, why that's important, and really kind of how you how you came about that whole philosophy. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would take it back to Andy and the, and the foundation of what he built um, early on with Six Man. And I would say it stemmed back to when um, when he and I were, were in that band together. We, we just realized if you look after others, doors open. And we were a terrible band. That's why we never got signed. <laughs> Sister Hazel did, did it right. But people showed up at the shows and we looked after them and... and we emailed them interesting stuff and we thanked them and we bought the room shots and, you know, we just, you look after people and it's just in our DNA. So Andy set that foundation six man early on. And I really took it seriously when he invited me to join the company nine years ago to try and see how could I build upon the, the culture that he had, he had put in place. And one of the things I noticed early on was there was a moment when the, the company went from doing, I want to say three cruises a year to maybe five cruises a year. I might have those exact numbers, right? But it was right before I joined or a couple of years or a year or two before I joined. And I remember they told me the story that one of the team members said, listen, if we're going to grow, I want to make sure it still, still feels special. So they brainstormed this formula, which at Six Man is, is called special. And it's seven pillars. And I live by them. I keep them right here on my desk. Um, and the pillars are invite, inform, excite, welcome, look after, amaze, and appreciate. And those seven steps were built to serve the guest and the guest experience. And they did an amazing job of, of, of pointing that to the guest experience from the moment you booked through the months leading up to the cruise to onboard and then after the cruise. And what I realized when I got there, the culture was really strong in that those seven pillars of special were, were really earning us that retention I talked about. And I thought, and I remember calling Andy going, what if we point these seven pillars towards our team? When we're recruiting people, let's invite them in the most creative way. And when they join the organization, let's really welcome them and then inform them about the business and keep them excited and, and amaze them throughout their journey and their career and really appreciate them. Um, so, over the last, I would say, six years, special has been as heavily pointed towards our team and our culture as it, as, as it, as it is towards our guests. And our team retention is something now we're really, really proud of. I just had to pull it. And um, we were clocking like a 97% retention rate year to year. And, and that's unheard of. That is, that is absolutely really unheard of. So I think, you know, a bit art and science, right? Like the... The art is just really trying to creatively look after and have a servant leadership approach. The science is we kind of have this formula, you know, the seven steps of how do you really look after somebody at Six Man? And it's called special. The thing that 
you articulated that we used to do in the theme park industry as well. And it really is a, a, an experiential marketing tenet is it's the anticipation of the visit. It's yeah. the actual visit and it's the follow-up and the memories after the visit. Mm-hmm. And that you articulated that that's what you do. You get people excited about the cruise. They have a wonderful time. You curate the whole experience. It's not just, like you said, not just concerts. And then afterwards, then you give them the memories, whether it's personalized or videos or follow-up. That's why you have such a high repeat business, I would guess, as well. Yeah, we just, we, we, we really, we value it. We, we value the team. We value the guests. The retention is really huge. As we try and think about marketing, I always try and work with the team on our alum, we call our, 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 our somebody who's been on the cruise is an alumni. Um, how do we super serve our alumni? We really want to earn them coming back. If they come back and they have an amazing experience, hopefully then we'll earn that they'll bring friends and family. Um, so the the word of mouth never goes away, does it? I mean, it's... No. I'm really trying to find ways to ignite word of mouth now, right? Like how do you throw gas on word of mouth? And, um, and you know, we're, we skin our knees a bunch in all departments and teams at Six Man, but uh, uh, you know, we have a fail forward kind of mindset. If, if, if you're not failing, you're not trying kind of a vibe. And I hope the team feels comfortable with that. They're just, they're the most amazing people. You've had a chance to meet a lot of them. I honestly believe you could give right now, I think we're at 52 people. We were at a few more last year and we're going to get to more again. Um, but I feel like you could throw any challenge at that group of 50 plus people, any industry, and they just are wired to put creative ideas in action, you know, and I'm just so impressed by them. So if you're just joining us, we're talking to Anthony Diaz, the chief executive officer and chief marketing officer, dual hat role at sixth man. If you'd like to watch this podcast, you can watch it on our website, marketingchiefpodcast.com or on our YouTube channel. Anthony, obviously pandemic has impacted you guys greatly because cruises are not sailing. You guys are, are stuck in port. Right. Talk a little bit about some of the pivoting you've done. I know you did some diversification even before pandemic, which probably helped you. So maybe touch on some of that six-man sessions, six-man services. You have these other other facets of your business that have allowed you to continue on. It really hit us. So, you know, we took a moment to absorb it. And then like the spirit of the culture at the team, we instantly got into virtual concerts, um, virtual one-to-one experiences. We got real aggressive with um, six-man sessions, concerts almost three, four times a week getting artists on our Facebook live, letting fans hear songs, request songs, Q and A. Um, but is, is that just to, to keep the momentum and the excitement and the connection? These aren't, these aren't revenue generating things that are keeping the doors open. These are, these are more fan engagement, brand engagement type of activities. Yeah, we did both. Most of it is pure fan engagement. Keep that relationship, um, find a way to continue to maintain uh, a bond with the, the core fans and guests that we've been sailing with all these years. Um, but then we did do a few premium events where uh, a couple of key artists with limited capacity, with direct Q&A that were, for, that were paid and did really well, branded with our crews. So we did an Americana slanted one with Kayamo, a rock boat slanted one with um, artists that are in that genre. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mostly as a maintain the connection, engage fans with content that's unique and you could only get through us. Um, and it's been a really good thing for us. And, and then from there, you mentioned six-man services. 
we'd known and, and really had great experience with with some other entities that we have this team that has this great experience of of staging events and they don't have to just be on a ship and i was watching other promoters having to scale back sure um and i thought and other members of the team thought well maybe we can serve them with their events maybe they don't need to go back and hire full full staffs so maybe they can essentially lease the six man team to help power their events and we started talking to some other promoters and um it's worked out really well we've we we did a cool project with kiss who we've done cruises with for the past nine years they um did a big event in dubai and we helped them do premium packages to the atlantis in dubai over new year's eve which is a whole new thing for us to collect that much in um, we're working with our founder, Andy Levine. He started a festival in Destin, Florida called the Moon Crush Festival. It's really cool. It's built for social distancing. So guests are in coves and they're in their own beach house with their bubble kind of. And Six Man's powering the whole event, uh, our operations team, our guest services team, our marketing team. And um, it's the best of both worlds for the promoter because they focus on the vision of the event and then they allow us to be the entity to bring it to life. For people that aren't familiar, you guys really, you do take it from beginning to end. I mean, it's it's marketing, it's reservations, it's yeah. operation on the ship, working with the cruise line, it's producing sound, light, stage, mm -hmm. it's talent relations, guest relations, it's the whole gamut. And merchandising, I'm, I'm, I'm missing probably a, a dozen <laughs> more functions that you guys offer and do because having a band on a cruise ship is not a simple production at all. And having multiple bands and multiple artists, it's, it's a logistical, uh, it's not a nightmare, but it is a logistical puzzle that you guys have to figure out and everybody has special needs and everybody has special wants and somebody wants the green M&Ms in the, in the, in the, in the green room, those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. We've joked, we never would have got into the festival at sea business if we had known how damn hard it would be. <laughs> but now we're in it and we're in a big way and we love it. Um, but, but the moving pieces are just insane. And, um, and you know, one of the other pivots we had done before the pandemic, which is, is, is helping out now as well, is we got into the all-inclusive resort business. We, we are a core festival at sea business. Um, throughout this journey, we were acquired by Norwegian Cruise Line uh, back in May of 2012, which has been a like a Harvard textbook positive story of when a large, large company acquires a really small company at the time, maybe 20, 25 people, and gave us the fuel to ignite our growth and support our culture. Um, that doesn't always tend to happen in business if you look at other case studies. And that's really helped us. And we get to tap into so much of their resources, including their marketing team. I mean, it's it's a dream for our little organization to be able to set a call with the CMO of Norwegian and work with her uh, video team, creative team, email team. You know, they've got some real assets in Miami that we're, we're still nimble and small <laughs> startup vibe. So that's been huge. But the resorts piece has been good. We can work with artists that aren't ready to sail or maybe want to sail later or don't want to sail. And, um, and we did some of those and we'll be doing more of those in the future. So and then we had done Europe. So right now, the balance of the portfolio is what was once a music on a ship, mostly in the rock lane in the early days. Now we're in all genres of music and then sport, Broadway, comedy, and then Europe in the Caribbean. 
and our resorts and services and then virtual. So it's, it's getting really interesting. Um, and that's why I think we're so excited just to start to see the positive news around the vaccines, some of the COVID, COVID case prevalence going down so that we can get back out there. When, no, when do you sail again? Uh, um, our next event is scheduled for August 17th, this summer out of Athens, Greece. Okay. Um, and then from there, we have seven back-to-back. We tend to do, do these back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. So we have seven back-to-back starting in late October. Obviously, now that you're part of NCL, you're always on an NCL ship. Are you on the same ship or is it different? Yeah, one of the great things about the partnership with NCL is they've outfitted three ships to be ideal for floating music festivals or floating festivals in general. Um, the right power in the right areas, um, ensuring that we have proper gear, uh, sight lines from stages, certain crew that really supports the concept. And, and that's huge. Um, and I think we'll have even more ships outfitted for what we do in the future. So we tend to stay on the Norwegian Jewel, uh, Jade and Pearl. They're the right size. We can get everybody together, like you can see on that photo back on the pool deck at once, which really brings a community together. Um, we've got a great spot for the artists to stay up in the Haven, some great venues of all sizes. So um, we actually can use other ships as a part of our agreement with Norwegian, but they've made it make so much sense to stay on the Norwegian jewel class ships that that's what we continue to do. Outside of the pandemic, what are other pivotal moments in your company you've learned something that has been kind of transformational to your company. Yeah. The biggest learning moment for me is as we scale the company, never forgetting that it starts with the team and, and don't, I get really excited about the business and growing the business and, and this event and that event and Europe and services. And I have to take a breather and say, make sure the foundation is there with the team to support the growth because they're the ones that deliver this experience. And um, it's been a good learning lesson for me. Yeah, we used to have a saying that the, the enthusiasm of the guest can never exceed the enthusiasm of the employee. Yeah, and it funny. seems like you guys are, are focused right on that. What have you done to engage your fans from a, from a marketing standpoint to, to get them to understand this vision? Because not everybody gets to talk to you for 20 or 30 minutes and, and hear it. I think they get it when they experience it, but you've got to convince them before they experience. Is it, is it all about the content and the band and that, that brings them on board? How much does the sixth man producing this vacation for them influence their decision? Yeah, this is an ongoing struggle um, because most people don't know it exists at all. And then when you do try and articulate it, it's still, it's hard to sink in the level of how immersive it really is out there. Mm -hmm. um, we've had to shift much more to a show, not tell mindset. Um, we were probably early days marketing too into the, you get two shows, a signed print and a Q and A, right? And that wasn't capturing the vacation, the interactivity, the collaboration. So, when we started to show more video, um, if I tell you about it, you're gonna, it still might not sink in. If I show you a photo like that, like, all right, that's interesting. If I show you a video, then it really starts to sink in. Um, you go from a transactional, hey, you get this to an emotional. Much more. And, and we also realized, we noticed when we were telling the story, it wasn't sinking in as well. If, 
if a guest told the story. Okay. Um, we started doing these things that the team called quotos, which is basically a quote on a photo, you know, a quote by a guest on a photo from the event. And those have good engagement. Um, a guest talking about this moment they had. Um, the moments become stories and the guests tell these stories and the stories spread. And, and what we noticed, those stories were changing the expectation of what a vacation can be. Um, you and I have been on lots of vacations. Everyone listening has been on lots of vacations. We really hope when people come back from our vacation, some of the first things they do is they go tell their friends, you would not believe the four days I just spent at sea. You know, like it literally blows their minds. Um, so the show and tell, show first tell, um, get the guests to see if they'll tell the story. Tell the story. If the artist can tell the story too, you know, because if you're a big fan of Kesha or Pitbull or Kiss, if it's your hero inviting you and telling you what the experience is going to be like, that really, really hits home. Um, so we, 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 we love it and always ask our, our host artists to invite them with a video, showcase content and emails directly to their fan base and on their socials. Um, our biggest conversions are when the artist markets directly to their fans because they're already raised That's their right. hand and say, I love this genre, I love this artist. For marketers who aspire to be chief executive officers, are there qualities or things that you learned as a marketer that you said, gosh, I wish I knew more of this before I stepped into that role? Or I'm so glad I had this other experience because that really helped prepare me. I think what helped me somewhat was that notion of uh, ask, listen, act. Um, I was surveying team when I was leading teams in the broadcast business, I was surveying the teams and the clients back then quite a bit. Um, you know, I was a B student at the University of Florida. So I realized really quickly, there's always the mostly smarter people in any room I'm in, <laughs> always, <laughs> you know? So at a certain point, instead of getting bummed out about it, I was like, well, then why don't I just ask the smart people around them, around me what they want? Sure. I was heavily surveying in my past industry and Six Man has a heavy culture of surveying. So we survey the team, we survey the guests, we survey the artists. We do it with polls. We do it with email surveys through SurveyMonkey. We do it with town halls on the ships, town halls in the office. And I think that helped me as a marketer get up, try not to guess as much the mindset of the, the, the guest, um, help us respect the, the attention that they may be willing to give us, try not to interrupt them, but give them content that they're excited about. And then um, a few years into being CMO, I had the opportunity to become COO of Six Man. And that one, I took on leadership of most of the teams. And I just translated that kind of survey and servant leadership approach. Um, and it's just really helped me because the team is so smart. If I can put their ideas in action, then it's going to reflect well on me because really smart people are doing really great work. And I just have the opportunity to get the hell out of their way. You know, honestly, building strong teams and having strong people below you and giving them the runway to do what they do. Take strong leadership. Last section for you. This is where we get fun. <laughs> Got a lot of personal questions for you. Just fun. Slip. So how many days have you been at sea? Uh, I have that number. Uh, it's 80 cruises. I'm just shy of a year, which is a big milestone at six, man. We celebrate milestones. Yeah, I'm almost at a year, 365. 
from a company standpoint, I thought I read a couple of years ago that you passed a million vacation days. Yeah, I, I should know that number. It's on our site, but it's funny you bring that up. That's sort of the, you know, we all have organizations track metrics. We don't really publicly track cabin sold, right? Sure. It's just our DNA, but how many days of vacation can we take people on is something we strive for. And it's getting up there, yeah. What's, what's your favorite sixth man event? There is a moment on almost all six man events. That's my favorite moment when the vacation starts. It's usually about 4.30 in the afternoon. Everybody's on the ship. The host band takes the stage. We start pushing away from the port, usually in Miami. Everybody's got a cold drink in their hand. Their favorite band plays the first chord of their favorite song. And I just watch the guests look at each other and look at the ship and we're pushing away from Miami. And you can tell they are where they want to be in life. Like rarely in this hectic lives that we're all in, we're all so busy and worrying and everything. It just, you, it just washes away people's worry. And I get super excited for them in that our team is pulling this off. And then I instantly get a radio call that something's <laughs> gone on. Yeah. And then I have to work on it, but that's my favorite moment of all of them. Um, you know, I mentioned when I was seven, I was in the kiss army. So, you know, I've been on all nine kiss cruises and get to work with doc McGee, their manager and Gene and Paul. And it's still like, you try and act like a grown up because you're doing business and we're curating an event for their fans. And then you'll walk out of the room going, wow, I'm, I'm, we're doing the kiss cruise. And I, I was, was just hanging out with Gene Simmons. I grew up really, you know, being amazed by that band as a little rocker. And, and then here we are taking their fans out at sea. So that one just has a nostalgic moment with yes. it. Yes. Sail away shows are just unbelievable. It's a pinnacle kind of moment in a six man event. So. Anything you want our listeners to know about six man upcoming things that they, they might want to engage with? Yeah, I just think, you know, we're just really excited to, to be able to get back at it. Um, if you've heard of us, tell a friend, you know, to go back to that. Most people don't know that these things exist. Um, they really are. And I'm not saying this obviously because of the seat I sit in, but they're, they're really, guests tell us it's their four or five favorite days of their year, you know, and that's something we're aiming for. Um, we're also trying to learn a lot. There's some really smart marketers listening to this podcast and we're constantly trying to soak in new ideas to reach fans and to reach super fans. And uh, I don't know if my email will be shared, but I'm happy to just to, to meet a lot of the listeners and see how we can collaborate together and learn sure. from each other. I'd be sure. super interested in that. Well, and your, your website is sixman.net? Correct. .net. Okay. So they can certainly contact you on there. I know your uh, email is on there, but sixman.net, we can look at all the upcoming and past, by the way, that's a really fun journey to go back through your website look at the timeline history, look at when Hurricane Katrina canceled yeah. Rock Boat 2 and, and kind of some of the challenges that you guys had there. Uh, so I would encourage our listeners to visit sixman.net, see the history of how you've created such a diverse and engaging company that really, like you said, takes fans and brands and bands and tears down the walls and just uh, gives them a, a great curated experience. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I hope we'll see you again soon. No, thanks so much for having us and just letting us tell our story. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this conversation with Anthony, we have some extra bonus content available 
on our website, marketingchiefpodcast.com and on our Marketing Chief Podcast YouTube channel. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes are posted, just click the subscribe button. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of the Marketing Chief Podcast. <music>